0: The Gospel of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now all the soldiers and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. The and scribes were grumbling, "This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them." So he told them this parable: Which one of you, having a hundred sheep, and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness? And go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home,
1: he calls together
0: his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance.
1: In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God, amen. We have all experienced the loss of something, uh, forgetting a credit card at a store when you've been to five different stores in the mall, or forgetting your keys, not being able to find them. Something as simple as that can spoil the whole morning. You're trying to get ready and get out of the house and can't find the keys. It just sets us off. It's uh, a part of our lives that is not complete, and it ought to be. I know that uh, a number of you grew up in, in the Roman Catholic tradition, so you may recognize this little phrase. It's actually a kind of an arrow prayer. Tony, Tony, turn around. Something's lost that must be found. <laughs> well, the Tony, it's not addressed to this Tony or any Tony you know, but rather to St. Francis of Padua. Hoping that he might be able to help find those lost keys or that credit card. But we also know that many of our losses are often much more serious than that beyond even the help of Saint Francis and a loss that that cuts to the core of us and sets us off so that our world really is off kilter, and we feel so incomplete. And many of us who are here know these losses, the loss of a job, the loss of an investment that has gone bad, the loss of honor, the loss. And this is the worst, I think the loss of a close family member or the loss of a friend. And when that happens, those losses make us feel somehow not whole, not complete anymore. In today's gospel. I think that Jesus gives us a glimpse of the nature of God and the image that Jesus presents is of one who seeks to restore wholeness, willing to do anything in order to find the lost. I think it's very important for us to see that in this gospel, that this is this this gospel is about the nature of God. As the lesson unfolds, we're told that tax collectors and sinners Are following Jesus. They want to hear what he has to say. And he's even eating with them. It I think is valuable for us to pause. And wonder for a moment. What might it have been. That attracted the tax collectors and the sinners. What was it about Jesus? What was it about what he was saying? About what he was doing? Perhaps it was uh, some of the healing that occurred in his presence. But perhaps it was That they were as surprised as the Pharisees and the scribes that Jesus treated them as valued human beings. I think that might be at the heart of it. That they realized that in this person was a rabbi who could see in them something good. Well, the text says that the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling among themselves. And they were grumbling because Jesus was once again... Uh, Not paying attention to the rules when it comes to uh, table fellowship, who you might eat with and who you should not eat with and how you should eat. They were upset that he was entertaining, welcoming, providing hospitality to taxpayers and to sinners. In this particular instance, we don't know what the discussion was that went on between Jesus and those religious authorities. But we do know that the way Jesus responded to them was by telling three parables. We have two of the parables in today's lesson. The third is the longest, and it's the parable of the lost son, or more commonly called the parable of the prodigal son. That parable we read once every three years on the fourth uh, Sunday in Lent in year C. So we won't read it for a while. And I would encourage you to complete a reading chapter 15, because it is that last parable that really clenches the argument for Jesus. It is such a poignant story. It's such an important story, I think. And for me, I believe it's the most powerful parable in all of the all of the New Testament. Well, there are a couple of things that I think we should notice about the, the two parables that actually the three parables that are in this chapter. First of all, there is a sense of incompleteness. Uh, the shepherd has a hundred sheep, but one is missing. Ninety nine is an incomplete number. The woman has a savings of ten silver coins, but one is missing. Nine is, is the number and it's incomplete until that other one joins it to make it ten. And then finally, in the parable of the lost son, the father and his two sons make up a complete number of three. But when that one son goes astray, it's incomplete. I think that's the first thing to note in these parables. And the second is, it seems like like a relatively insignificant point, but I think it's important. As Jesus tells these stories... They become increasingly intense in terms of the, what, the effect on the person that he's talking about. The shepherd, for example, is only missing one percent of what he has. One out of a hundred. The woman is missing ten percent. One out of ten. And the father is missing half of what he has. It's as though Jesus is pressing the point harder and harder and harder with them for them to see the importance of what it means to love, the importance of what it means to go looking for the lost, the importance of including all. The first parable, the shepherd, is missing one of the sheep. And what's sort of humorous about this one, uh, Jesus starts this by saying, Who among you would not go looking for the one, leave the ninety-nine and go looking for that one sheep? Well, the truth is, nobody would do that. (laughs) But the story is about God. It's not about what we would do, but about what God would do. And what it says is that God is willing to risk everything for one, for you. The second parable. The woman who has lost the coin, she is diligent. She goes through her house, sweeping every inch of that house, looking in every nook and cranny to find that one coin, that one coin that she had lost. Again, we see an image of God who is willing to persist, to work hard, to look, to seek in order to find the one. But with these two very short parables, I think Jesus reveals an aspect of the nature of God that is very hard for the grumblers to see. And that is that this is the God who loves and seeks the lost and who will not give up seeking after those who are lost. William Sloan Coffin in his little book, Credo, put it this way. God's love is poured out universally for everyone from the Pope to the loneliest wino on the planet. So Jesus is saying to the grumblers, God's love is poured out for everyone, for the high priests, for the most observant of the Pharisees, and even for the tax collectors and the sinners. I believe that it's very hard for us to understand, let alone appropriate that that vast love of God in our own lives and that vast grace that God pours out on us and the mercy of God. I think that many of us carry the guilt of what I might call performance based Christianity. I remember when I was in the Air Force, we we did a lot of performance based stuff. We had charts and we'd show how we were doing against our goals. And from the time you're a child, you're, you're measured on your performance in school and then you're measured on your performance at the job. It's no wonder that we run from a God that we believe has the same standards as we would require. That is not. God's standards those are our standards we've transposed them from our life saying that that's what Christianity is but what we see Jesus pointing to is a very different God it is a God who loves us who loves us even when we have gone astray who loves us in spite of the things we have done and the things we've left undone there is nothing That we could do that can separate us from that seeking, searching God who wants to call us home. We are always welcome home. And when you read that third parable, you will see the joy of the father of God in seeing the one who is lost coming home. Now, what about our repentance? Repentance. Repentance is mentioned in these stories, and I think, you know, it's hard to imagine. You can go too far with these parables. Coins can't repent. Sheep don't repent. But we can repent. And our repentance springs from the realization we were lost and we've been found. That the God who loves us, loved us even when we were lost. Even when we were straying. That is where our repentance comes from knowing that this God has loved us even when we were astray. One of the experiences that I've had a number of times as people have left the church and they might say, oh, I was so glad to hear you say this and I really appreciated it when you said this and I hadn't thought about or said any of it. (laughs) Now, Now, part of the reason for that is because The Holy Spirit is working on you while I preach. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's working on me while I preach. (laughs) So I want to be sure that, that you hear very clearly one simple thing this morning. God loves you. Amen.